think enough people know about uh, MRB, Michael Richard, Michael Richard Blais. Uh, he is part of Love Pro Wrestling. He's been all over the independence. He's appeared on WWE programming. He's been around, and he's a Canadian wrestler that a lot of eyes should be on. He's going to be facing Speedball Mike Bailey this Friday, September 29th, at the Rec Room in Edmonton as part of Love Pro Wrestling. Speedball strikes first, although I'm pretty sure that if uh, that if he strikes first, the show will be named after him. MRB's here, God's gift. How you doing this morning? Hey guys, I'm good. How are you? You're doing well. It's good. good Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, let's get right to it. If you strike first, do you get the name of the show changed? I think it should be changed if I strike first. I don't know how logistically possible that is in the time frame, but it would be kind of cool if you like our little graphic on the screen behind us and all of a sudden it just flips the <laughs> MRB strikes first if I hit him first. I, I feel like I'm going to have a conversation with the graphics team over at Love Pro Wrestling and just be like, get it ready. I, that... I, believe you, I believe you have a decent relationship with them, so you might be able to make it happen. I might be able to make it happen. And you yeah. know what? If it happens, I feel like the bit just warrants itself. The, 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 just the moment itself is warranted. I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Just hit nope. him backstage. Just don't even wait until the ring. Strike him backstage. That's how you really strike first. That's like a fair point, but then nobody <laughs> knows that it actually happened. So like, there's, there's cell phones. Everybody's recording everything. And somebody will see it. That's true. I do have Stephen Crow and Taryn from accounting with me at all times. So I could get one of them to pull out their phones. They do like to call themselves content creators. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Is Taryn doing your taxes this year? Is that what is that going to happen? Um, Taryn's very good at the taxes. She does an excellent job. She, yeah, she does taxes quite well. I mean, you have her with you all the time. I figure she's probably the one who would uh, who who would know your ins and outs when it comes to the accounting side of your business. Of course, I don't really pay attention to it to be honest. I just I throw all the receipts to her and I tell her to do her thing. <laughs> That's fair enough. So. Let's go back uh, a few months, or no, not even a few months. My God, time is time is a flat circle. Uh, back in in late 2020, after a lot of just upward trajectory, a lot of upwards momentum, uh, you had a pec injury, and that took you out for the better part of a year. Um, talk to us about the injury and what kind of came about from that, and the experience of of just the recovery time. So that was actually early 2020. Was okay. I kind of. And the funny story is, is like the actual situation is I guess I had been wrestling with that pec tear since like 2014 is what I ended up finding out afterwards is because I had, I had a weird thing happen in 2014 in a match, literally just like flipping over the rope, something I do like every single show and I felt a pull. And then next thing I know, like I'm all bruised up, but every doctor told me it was fine every single doctor and then 2020 rolls around and i was just going to do some extra stuff with wwe and their doctor was actually the one that was like oh i think you tore your pec <laughs> and i was like i don't think so i've never like been told that never heard that he's like no i've seen this before like your pec is definitely torn so i don't know if it got like worse in the time from when i first think I heard it or if it was just something that was like that and I lived with it um, 
But then when I eventually talked to a doctor and everything in here, I had to actually go to like a private doctor because none of the public health care doctors would do anything for me. It was such a, a pet care in Canada is like such a weird injury that like they don't really want to deal with it. So I ended up going to a private doctor and the private doctor looked at all the like MRIs and like, I guess you can see scarring and stuff. And he's like, no, it's been torn for a while. You have to get this fixed. So yeah, then I, I, I kind of got lucky in a sense. Whereas like the pandemic wasn't lucky for anybody, but for me, it meant I didn't really miss that many shows. If like any that were actually running in front of an audience because I got my surgery during the pandemic. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Kind of, it could have been like, I think for a lot of people, it would have been like hard to deal with. But for me, it was just like, ah, this sucks, obviously but I just have to like push to get back and to be like as good as I was. So, yeah. How are you feeling, you know, coming off the injury and the surgery and everything? I know you've been, been back in the ring for a while, but do you notice a difference with, with things from previously to, to now? Uh, honestly, no. And like, as weird as it is, I think it's just because of the way I've like always trained and like pushed through things. And then when I actually got the surgery, I was very, like, very diligent about all of my physio and all of the stretching, and I still do a lot of stretching and everything. So I've never really noticed that big of a difference, honestly. The first, like, the first three or four months, I noticed a big difference. <laughs> there was a lot of, like, ah, oh, this is weird. And even, like, the first arm drag that I threw or took, I was like, oh, man, like, throwing my arm that way, this is scary. But after I got through that, it's been pretty easy sailing if anything it feels better now to be honest with you you uh you mentioned wwe doctors that was a time in your life you spent uh in, in 2017 and 2018 uh first of all the name rob kelly is a fantastic name so kudos for that uh and and you got to face tag teams like diy you got beat up by hideo itami who was you know kenta is now and you got to tag with uh, a little known uh, entity known as lars sullivan Talk to me sure. about, oh, and, and by the way, you got beat up by Braun Strowman. So let's talk about all that because that's a lot of heavy hitters you got to share the ring with. Uh, yeah, so I think the coolest thing about the whole thing for me probably was that Rob Kelly name only actually got used for the Braun Strowman match. So every other match actually, like, which this doesn't always happen for like extras and stuff for people just doing those things every other match actually has my real name listed there and my wrestling name like with diy the little graphic at the bottom says um what was his name at the time i think he was just dylan, dylan miley. miley yeah, yeah. Dylan miley. it has like dylan miley and michael blaze at the bottom and then when i wrestle hideo it says michael blaze at the bottom so for me that was like cool that it's like my actual like my wrestling name and my my real name on WWE TV. Um, and yeah, ridiculously cool experiences. Um, I don't think, I don't think any pro wrestler in the world would say that they like don't want experiences like that. And I know there's like a lot of people that are like really happy just with indie wrestling. And I'm really happy with what I'm doing in independent wrestling and everything too. But even if it's just like that one time on WWE Raw, we're getting to do a full four-minute match with Hideo Itami, like Kenta, on TV. 
everybody kind of wants that to like check off their bucket list. And then I was really lucky that like for the Raw match, Arn Anderson was the producer of the match, who like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I used to go through periods where I'd sit down and watch twelve hours of Arn Anderson straight. Um, Triple H himself was like the direct producer for that tag match with DIY and NXT. And then, like, Tyson Kidd was the producer for my match with Hideo Itami, who has all these sentimental value to me. So, there was just all these, like, cool little additions to it. Um, yeah, ridiculously cool experience. You mentioned uh, a lot of names there, a lot of famous names. Did you speak to, to any of them, get any feedback from any of them? Um, Arn I talked to a little bit. Uh, the thing with that Braun Strowman match is there wasn't really, like, it was a minute and 30 seconds of four of us getting our asses kicked. <laughs> so it's not like there was lots to talk about, but aren't like basically gave me the like, Oh, you took really good bump kid. You listened, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And it always helps that like I have TJ Wilson to kind of like mention to people. So they'll talk a little bit more to me and give me some more time. Hunter was really cool. He, he was very appreciative. Because if you watch that DIY thing, I do a little bit of stuff with DIY. And he actually like mentioned something about like, oh, your strikes look good in there, which was like cool to hear. And then he was like very appreciative about like the beatdown that I took from Lars afterwards. Because I took some pretty gnarly bumps on those pick up from the ground, head choke slam things that he was giving me. And he was like, oh, you bumped really well. You made him look very good. And then with the Hideo match, honestly, like, I, for people that don't know that are probably watching this, I was trained by TJ Wilson, and he's literally my mentor in, like, life. I always tell people that I wouldn't be what I am as not just a wrestler, but, like, a man, probably, if it wasn't for TJ. So... it's not like I get advice from him every day. That was just like really cool to have like this guy that's like an older brother to me and means so much to me be part of that. I was going to ask about your, your training with TJ and you mentioned he was the the producer for that match. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about TJ Tyson kid. And he's still, you know, kind of running the, the heart dungeon uh, now kind of in Florida with Natalia. So what was it like? How did you kind of get started linked up with him and then just the overall training and experience with him? Uh, so back when I first started training, this was like a long time ago. This was 2003. I started when I was 13. So Teddy Hart, um, infamous name there <laughs> had, um, a pro wrestling school for kids of all things. He would like take anyone from 13 and above in Calgary, at BJ's gym. So for those that don't know what BJ's gym is, that was like a famous gym in Calgary that literally all of the wrestlers would come to back in the day. Like there was pictures there of Hulk Hogan benching four plates in the gym and stuff like that. And Jim Neidhart and Davey boy having, bench competitions and squat competitions in there um so i got hooked up with that just because i I was literally obsessed with wrestling since i was like three years old so and that obsession just never went away and i was really lucky that like my parents my mom especially were wrestling fans too so they were supportive of it 
So I got hooked up with BJ's. And when I went there, at first, there wasn't really any structure. And I know that might be hard to believe when talking about Teddy, but <laughs> there wasn't really any like structure and there wasn't an actual trainer. And then after a few months, um, this guy, Ravenous Randy Myers, who you guys might know from Defy, he came around and he took a few of us and he was all like, oh, you kids are like always coming here. I'll at least like show you how to bump and like the basics. So he started showing us like back bumps, tackles, etc. And then TJ came back from a tour of England, I think at the time. And he just saw us there. He was coming to the gym every day and just have his regular workout while he was getting ready to go to Japan. And he would see particularly three of us, me, this guy, Brandon Van Danielson, who was like my longtime tag partner and Alex Plexus, who you might know if you know, like any ECCW stuff out in Vancouver. Um, we were going every day. We would not miss a day and we would just bump our asses off and do whatever we had to do. And TJ noticed this. So then one day he looked at us and he was just like, Hey, do a hundred squats because like we didn't really do much conditioning stuff as like kids. There wasn't much structure. So we just looked at him and he's like, okay, like if that's what you do, we'll do it. And we did a hundred squats and then he's like, okay, do this now. So we did this. And then he's like, okay, do this many bumps that we did that. And we just kept doing what he said that day. And then he was like, okay, cool. I'm going to Japan for two weeks. And when I come back, I will train all three of you just because you like listen to me and you guys clearly want this. And I've not seen like kids that want it as bad as you guys clearly do. And then after that, he came back and at first it started two days a week with TJ. And then he started having fun is how he puts it. And then it turned into three days and then four days and then five days. And then there was a period for a little while where like, unless there were, was a stampede show that week, for a few weeks in the one summer, we were going like six, seven days a week. And just mostly me and Brandon would be the ones that would make that many days. And we would just train with TJ and he'd get us to run through things over and over again. Practice makes perfect is like the saying, obviously. And give us every little bit of knowledge he knew at the time. And then that kind of transfers over because he's never held anything back from me. He's, like, helped me a lot this entire time. Um, and, yeah, that's the biggest thing with TJ is he will not hold back his knowledge. He's willing to pay it forward to everybody, and he's just – he's the man, basically. <laughs> it seems like with paying it forward, I mean, you, you've you taken the reins and uh, there's the clandestine wrestling school, which is the, – the clandestine wrestling society, which is, of course, the hoodie that you're wearing now. Uh, it talks to me about – the, the school talks to me about the teachings, the type of uh, students that you have, and just the experience of being a wrestling teacher, coach. Um, so a big thing with that, I started training people at a different school in 2019. Um, I'd done a little bit of like smatterings of like if the Prairie Wrestling Alliance at the time would get like a building for a couple months at a time, I would like kind of help run the training there. But in 2019 is when, like, I really started doing it. And it was actually when I got back from the WWE tryout that I did that year. And I just came back and my thing was, like, I was waiting to find out if, like, anything would come of it. 
And my thing was like, well, I just found out some of the drills that they run in the performance center. And I know all this other stuff from TJ and all the seminars I've gone to over the years. Why not like give it to some of these people? Like if they want to do it, if they're going to come put the work in, like here's the roll drill that they do at the tryout. Here's this exact drill that they do at the tryout. So if you ever get this opportunity, you're set up. You kind of know what you're going into a little bit more than maybe even I did. Um, and then over a little bit of like time, eventually we get like the email back from that tryout. And basically the email was just like, you did really good, maybe next time. And I was like, ah, man. And then it was one of those things though, where I always tell people you can go on like, sometimes you come at like this fork in the road and you can go one of two directions. You can go the weird direction that's going to make you bitter and just upset. Or you can go the other direction. You can find something that's like, okay, that's fine. This is like positive and this means more than that. And then that's when my brain flipped and it was like, ah, it means more to me. I still want to make it. I still want to do my thing. I still want to be like doing everything I'm doing now and more hopefully, but it actually probably means more to me to like pass on everything that I've been able to learn over the years coming like straight from TJ back in those days, all the way to like all the seminars I did with Dr. Tom Pritchard and Harley race, the tryout, just every experience I've had. If I can help anybody through that, it means like a lot to me to be able to do that. And I probably got that mindset from TJ, but, um, and yeah, like I have all walks of life come through there and like a whole different group of students. The thing that was like really almost like kind of crazy to me at first is for a hot second, it was mostly like almost just like a women's school. Cause like the three that were like the most dedicated at first and would not miss a single day and would work their asses off all the time were Zoe Sager, Karen from accounting and Gigi Ray. And then my brother, Stephen Crow, got in too. And that was like the core four at first. And they were like, they were there every single day. And they were just like, they reminded me exactly of me and BVD. And so I was like, whoa, this is like cool. And then I start seeing the way certain things like click for them. Like I could say something, and I'm sure every trainer will say this. I could say something 20 times and maybe the first 19 don't click in the way I say it the first 19 times. And then all of a sudden that 20th time, something you just see it like click. And all of a sudden you see like Karen winding up and throwing the craziest, most intense forearms you've ever seen. And I'm sitting there and I'm turning into a fan and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. This is perfect. This is amazing. Or I see like, Stephen Crow, like my legit real life little brother, gets something and all of a sudden he's like, I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? How are you doing like this perfect tackle drop down leapfrog, blah, 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 saying, oh, and what? You just threw this random spin in yourself that like I've never seen before? Cool. <laughs> so it's like, it's probably, it's probably more rewarding to see that kind of stuff, to be honest, and like than anything else I've done myself in wrestling even even more than like those wwe appearances which i wouldn't have expected 
I got into like doing that stuff literally is like, ah, I just want like to do this for you guys and to like help in any way I can, even if it's like this much, just a little bit of helping out if I can. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh, cool. That's like, actually like, it's really cool for me too. And like, awesome because I get to sit here and like, when you guys do good, when I see Zoe and Taryn on AEW, I sit there and I like being totally honest with you when they were on that one in Winnipeg, I was backstage that night and I didn't get used that night and I could not have cared less. I know that's hard to believe, but I could not have cared less because as soon as I saw them, I had like little tears in my eyes and I was like, this is perfect. This is like, this makes it all worth it. So, yeah. Well, uh, as we, we start to wind down here, um, what was your reaction when you found out you were facing speedball Mike Bailey? Cause I know Spencer love and the, and the guys were happy to bring him in with everything. And it's obviously a big match. Like speedball is one of the top names, uh, you know, on the, the entire scene right now. And they're trusting you with, with this spot. So what was your reaction when you were told, Hey, you got the speedball match. I was very grateful and very, very happy that that was the decision that Spencer came to. Because obviously I respect Speedball and he's got like a ridiculous resume and he's a very good professional wrestler. And when I watch him, I'm like, oh, this is like a guy that I could do something really cool with. And so that's like, just personally for me, that's a cool thing. Um, But then at the same time, I've done a lot. People don't see it because I used to say like, I used to say that this area, Alberta and kind of Western Canada in general, it was sort of like the black hole of wrestling. You wouldn't see like almost anything come out of here. So like I had matches, like big matches with like Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe. I had a whole three match series with Cody Rhodes. And then like I had a match with Josh Alexander, all of this stuff that just kind of never got seen outside of here or wasn't super known it's been seen a little bit but it's not super known so i've kind of been put in these positions before but it was always with pwa which was already an established company right so all of a sudden this one to me not only does it have that same like i gotta show everybody in the world again if i was already showing people that when i wrestled samoa joe when i wrestled cody that I can hang on that level. I got to do that again with speedball. But this time it's not just me. I feel like this is the first time that's really happening in LPW. So now it's like, okay, the weight of, the weight of not the entire company, because all the guys and girls on the show that night are going to show everybody that tunes in on Twitch how good they are. But there is a lot of weight to show that like, this guy who's seen as like one of the top dudes in this company can hang with a guy that is seen as one of the top guys in the entire world. And then to me, when I show that, that means all of a sudden nobody can deny that LPW and this scene in general is right up there with the rest of the world. So when I found out I was wrestling him, I was happy. I was obviously very happy, but I was instantly like, okay, it's go time. It's proving time. Like, just like it always has been, it's proving time, not just for me, but for everybody else. 
So big deal, really big deal when you think of it that way. <laughs> now here, this is, this is my last big important question before we do the plugs and before we get out of here with you, can you bury Spencer love for us? <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's possible to bury Spencer, to be honest with you. What's, the I was, don't, what's that? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so, like, here's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to. I like talking shit more than anybody does. I like being able to be like, I'm going to get on you, Spencer, to, like, anybody else. Because it's like, especially my friends. Because it's kind of, like, fun to have that little banter. But if I'm being totally honest, like, Spencer is hard to bury because he's done everything that he's been saying he was going to do with LPW and all that stuff that I was saying about like, I can, I will never ever take anything away from everybody in the scene and the things they did for me. Kurt Sorokin and the Prairie Wrestling Alliance. He gave me such a platform form for so many years, brought in these guys for all of us to wrestle and to work hard against and what you're seeing in LPW is the continuation and kind of a product of that. So if you've watched LPW and you think like so many of these guys are really good and all of these girls are really good and everybody on this roster, they're good. That's a big part of that is because like PWA gave us the chance to become those things at first. But Spencer has taken that and brought it out to everywhere else. He's the one that's making this not as much as the black hole anymore. He's making sure everybody sees what's going on here. So, man, it's honestly hard to bury the guy. Maybe, maybe, I'll give you this. Tell him this every single show. He could probably stop swearing a little bit on the ring announcing. <laughs> every show, Spencer. None of those F-bombs. Want a show. Want a show. And even that might be too much, but... <laughs> That, that's maybe the only thing I can drop. We need to start a swear jar for Spencer at these events. We've a lot of us have made jokes about it, <laughs> but then the thing is, is like there's potential that maybe he would start swearing more if he gets to keep the swear jar at the end of the night. No, he no, no he, it, that's coming money. out of his own. No, it's coming out of his own pocket, and then donate to charity or or whatever he oh. needs to do with it. But it's coming out of his pocket if he's swearing. Charity's a good call. Maybe that's a good idea. Do Maybe we can all suggest that. 50 50 swear jar. Half can do a 50 50 draw, and then the other half you donate it to whatever, whatever you guys want, just not to Spencer Love's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good suggestion. There's a lot going there's a lot going on for you guys. Thursday night, it's uh, Love for Wrestling versus Clandestine Wrestling Society. Uh, and then Friday night, LPW presents Speedball Strikes first. Of course, our buddy MRB is going to be taking on Speedball. Both shows, correct me if I'm wrong, at the Rec Room in South Edmonton? Yep. Wonderful. Eventbrite has your tickets. MRB, get your plugs in before we let you go. Um, all my plugs. You can follow me. I make this really easy. That little name you see on the screen, God's Gift MRB, you can literally follow me at that name on every single social media platform. And you can follow the Clandestine Society on every social media platform at Clandestine SOC. Um, and you can check out the Clandestine Society website at clandestinewrestlingsociety.com. And then 
I got a lot of upcoming shows, so I don't know how I'm going to list them all. I got WrestleCore at the end of October. I've got PPW in Saskatchewan at the end of October. I've got WPW at the beginning of October. And, of course, the two Love Pro Wrestling shows every single month, the last Thursday and last Friday of the month. Um, one last thing that's a big thing coming out this week for Love Pro Wrestling, though, we've also got that Speedball Mike Bailey seminar on Thursday, which is a big deal because it's been – since we started the clandestine wrestling society to help bring other people here because I can teach a lot too, but it's always good to learn from some other people too. So I'm really happy that with Spencer and I, we were able to set that up and I'm really looking forward to seeing the people that signed up getting that experience. Um, but yeah, you hit the plugs for this week. Friday especially, make sure you tune in on Twitch. And if you're in Edmonton or the area, make sure you're at the show, Rec Room South Common in Edmonton, MRB versus Speedball Mike Bailey. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it will not disappoint. We're looking forward to watching it on Twitch because I unfortunately can't be there live. But if you are, like MRB said, go go check out the show. Otherwise, uh, go, go to Twitch and check it out on, on Love Pro Wrestling's Twitch account, a site. Whatever it is, on their stream, whatever they call it these days. We're on Twitch, too, but I don't remember what it is. So anyway, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Wish thank you. Luck. And thanks again. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having you. Enjoy guys. your weekend. Enjoy it. Take care. Thank give you. Spencer a big hug from us. Yes. I'll give him a massive hug. I will squeeze right. him so tight his ribs break. <laughs> Perfect. And he'll swear less. Yes. <laughs> Good call. That's true. I got you here. <laughs> thanks oh, yeah. again. Thank you. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.